0: Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name's Ed Piskor. I'm Jim Rugg. Hate number one by Peter Bagg is under the microscope today. But first, we are cartoonists ourselves. Jimmy is going to be putting out Hulk grand design in early 2022. Going to come out March, April 2022. The man took 500 issues Hmm. worth of Hulk comics. 10,000 pages of comics distilled down into its purest form. 80 pages two bangers of 40 pages a piece coming out on a monthly basis you got the green hulk you got the gray hulk this guy read every issue of the peter david run so you don't have to (laughs) and put it together in a super fly i want to call it a prestige format uh set of comic books that is going to be coming out uh in early 2022 what else you want to say about it jimmy
1: Man, that's that's a good start, Ed, because I am going to be talking about this thing nonstop for the next six months. So I think that's a great intro. Thank you
0: very much. And I like seeing it on screen. <laughs> so big like this, right? That is fly as hell, man. Congratulations on finally being able to tell everybody about the thing. And you know what? I am going to do some Hulk-related episodes on the Kayfabe channel. We've got, we got a good right. excuse for that. Red Room Trigger Warnings, Issue 1, going to start coming out February 2022 every issue completely self-contained here are some of the retail incentive covers there's Jim Ruggs zap zero homage Peach Momoko did her super flag goodness and there's the eddie P retail incentive cover we have link trees in the description below this video where you can get to all of our stuff like our Patreons you could order and pre-order these comics make sure you do that man but uh, the task at hand right now Jimmy let's talk about the great P- Peter Bags hate issue number one with this cover off the bat dude cutting from like he's in seattle now so this is like patronizing those freaking lumberjack (laughs) ass tailgaters at the kenny chesney concert motherfuckers ahead of its time
1: this cover ahead of its time
0: it's always in fashion there is stuff in here dude i can't wait to get in certain to get to certain panels and i hope i don't accidentally misstep it because The same arguments that are being bandied about now were clearly being bandied about then. And he's up there in the Pacific Northwest where that energy is fucking fever pitched.
1: I absolutely adore this cover. I love his logo. I love his cartooning. You know, he's known as being so funny as as a cartoonist and and rightfully so, well-earned. But I feel like people sleep on... I love his drawing. Oh yeah, the stylization on this monster truck's one of my my first loves of my life. Amazing! Like I, I'm jealous of this monster truck. All the, the 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 bullshit stuff, suspension underneath is amazing. It's just this is great. This is very fun.
0: He even uh, he even cuts promos on his own style in uh, this the sub the second story the B story in this issue where he's like, my artwork looks like. A meth addict who's copying from Cartoons Magazine or something like that. (laughs) It's genius. And there are two stories in here, man. So uh, both the front and back cover illustrate both of those. Because we're going to get Prisoners of Hate Island, where it's Pete Bag, Kim Thompson, and Gary Groth on a desert island together. One of the classic Pete Bag comics. Yeah,
1: that is a great back cover, too. Really awesome.
0: Yeah, interesting color. Like, I, I... I guess it's probably blue line, must be. Or because you know sometimes you could just paint a Xerox. You know what's funny is if you look at like the the name
1: or the fanographics, it looks like it's a it's the ink line, and then it's just like a color pencil or something yeah. that's traced over it to give it the uh, the second color. And you can see it's a little bit toothy and grainy. Why I say color pencil instead of marker, it could be a marker, but kind of a neat effect. Very yeah. basic,
0: but looks good. Yeah, I like it. Peter Bagg went to uh, SVA and I think he was in there with guys like, uh, with like that era of like, um, John Holmstrom, who created uh, Punk Magazine, did the famous Ramones covers and stuff. I don't know, like, if he's a bit older than guys like uh, Drew Friedman. Yeah, that's Kaz, what I was thinking. In but, my
1: mind, he's a couple years ahead of The that.
0: reason I think he's older is just because he was like editor at oh, right. Weirdo when Kaz and Drew Friedman were in there. And so that, having the, Editorial position makes me feel like he's senior, but he might have just been around their age I say all that because his cartooning teachers his comic book teachers Jimmy In that case if it is the same teachers as Drew Friedman and Kaz we're talking Harvey Kurtzman Art Spiegelman Will Eisner That's three dudes on the Mount Rushmore of cartooning man You better come out a freaking awesome cartoonist if you have those guys as your teacher
1: yeah, that's an incredible roster. What I mean, what a group
0: and, and to, Robert, to learn from. And Robert Crumb is coming yes. to to do, uh, you know, special talks. And well, I was and gonna say, like, once he graduates, you know, to to working on Weirdo, like,
1: you'd think there'd be some tutelage from Robert Crumb, you know, taking over the editing reins on
0: that book. So I do wonder because like Crumb also seems like the kind of guy be like, you fucking worry about that <laughs> shit. Let let me let me draw my Philip K. Dick comics. Could be. You handle all that bullshit. I'm tired of dealing Still with the Still feels mail. like
1: uh, got to be some conversations there.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, this is a fantastic comic. Uh, the Buddy Bradley and the Bradleys showed up in in uh, Weirdo magazine. They showed up in Neat stuff. We're going to see how uh, in Prisoners of Hate Island how it was decided that uh, that Buddy Bradley's uh, the go-to character. But um, the writing of this comic is so tight in terms of the dialogue i've i don't think i've read dialogue as natural and flowy as peter bag dialogue in, in in all of comics there are just like little ticks that are added here and there that imbue these characters with life it feels like stuff that you would hear certain people say and i would say that the craft of this comic of these stories in hate it's very similar to the kind of satire that you would get from an all in the family or a Simpsons where it can work on many different levels with many different sort of, sorts of uh, uh, generational um, observation.
1: Yeah, observation's the word.
0: A, a kid can get something out of just like the cartooniness. The way I read this comic f- in prep for this video is not the way that I read it as a kid as a kid, uh, when I was still living at home with mom, oh, these are pretty rad dudes Like, that are gonna like <laughs> right? venture out and go, go live their life. As a damn near 40 year old guy, it reads to me like he is in good old Hoboken peat bag, moved to the Pacific Northwest, man, and is seeing all of these goofballs and cannot bite his tongue any longer. Man. And, and by the way, this is made by Peter Bagg, one person, not a writer's room like, like you know, the All in the Family crew or the guys who write The Simpsons. This is one lone dude. I'm going to throw out a couple of notes before we go further. There's
1: some stuff in here. It's just sort of a... Uh, it's not an editorial, but it's just notes and different things that Peter Bagg's thrown out. And he names a couple of zines. This is how, like, you know, these, these publications used to always do this. Clouds would do it, Julie Desai. Everybody would list this stuff in their letters columns. And he mentions something called... Um, Mean Streets, a Xeroxed fan mag on alternative comics by Concrete Cavern Graphics. Uh, And this is published out of New York City. I've never heard of that. I'm curious about it. If there's a kayfaber that knows anything or has has a copy of that, I'd be curious to take a look. Also, Comics Effects, a tabloid focusing on self-published comics. Uh, Again, something I haven't seen before, but kind of curious what these look like. You know, fanzines in 1990, comics fanzines. Be curious to take a look.
0: My favorite underground filmmaker, after Stinky, of course, Richard Kern, and he's talking about Lydia Lunch's Fingered and stuff. Man, back in the days, whenever I was uh, reading these comics, I took every word that these cartoonists said for gospel, dude, and I got my hands on these things. Like, I don't know that these have ever been translated to uh, to DVD. That's from Fingered right there. That's Lydia Lunch, man. Even uh, Henry Rollins pops up in there. But these things were mind-blowing. And, of course, you know, I would sold this shit to, like, a little 13-year-old dude. Yes, of course. Dude.
1: Uh, Lydia Lunch, I think the first time I come across her is like an intro to a Ted McKeever
0: book. Yeah, and she she wrote a comic for Vertigo that Ted McKeever drew. I yeah, think. To-
1: Toxic Gumbo.
0: That's yeah, that's it, that's it. I'm a Ted McKeever fan. Yeah, I know his work. <laughs> Want to jump into things? Dig it. All right, man. My pad and welcome to it. Uh, this is fantastic. It's first person point of view. Fuddy Duddy Buddy Bradley is talking to you, the reader, the only time that you're aware of the dialogue in any real sense is when uh, he uses a little bit of gymnastics here and there to uh, gender neutralize certain things when he's talking to you, the viewer, so that he doesn't identify uh, you as a dude or a girl. I, I love
1: this leg coming up the stair so much like that's such a the cartoony style that he does and yet
0: you're able to do stuff like climbing the stairs and it makes sense he uh, he's figured it out man he has his style down and you know I remember him saying something like he's never gonna draw naturalistic this ain't Reed Crandall no. he's not aspiring for that but he he has an ear for dialogue he can write a cool scenario and he'll create like a functional set of artwork to go along with that. It just so happens that, that that artwork, he really solidified that and created a language for yes. himself.
1: Yeah, whenever you see that kind of stylization, it is curious that we haven't seen this adapted in other media. Right. Because we've talked to him, like, we know he's, he's certainly, you know, worked on It's always on options, things. yeah. So how this never made it onto
0: MTV, for example, is mind blo- yeah. mind-boggling. It always is close, man. It always is close. I, dude, there was a Super Bowl where uh, there was like a um, commercial for it for Fox or wow. something like that. And it just, yeah, just never, they've never pulled that trigger. Also, the uh, as he's touring around and giving this
1: like first person dialogue or tour what monologue, you don't see that many comics. Like that's unusual to have a comic written in that perspective.
0: Yeah. Um, they,
1: they, there are some. Brian Ralph had a had zombie one. Um, and I feel like there's some older stuff, you know, like probably Will some magazines and stuff. So it does happen. It's not brand new, but it is rare. So kind of enjoy it. You know, you could you could assemble a short list of these kinds of comics that are written from this, like, first-person point of view. The,
0: the function of this strip is selling us on the... Everything you could ever want to know about the character mm-hmm. of Buddy Bradley. Like, you're learning so much, and it's not exposition, really. Or it, it's the um, most elegant way to 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 get some exposition out on the, on 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 the on the comic page there.
1: It does feel like somebody you'd bump into that's telling you stories. Yeah, the, the entertaining guy in your circle who's uh, telling you what he's been up to or whatever. Whenever he gets drunk, it's, it, it stumbles off of his second floor like
0: it's patio a, balcony area. It's a good thing he was drunk so he didn't get hurt when he fell. <laughs> that just seems like nightmarish stuff. <laughs> so funny the drawings in that one. You know. Jimmy can I tell a peat bag story real quick and for the readers like, I'm going to gauge your response and I'm going to ask your opinion on whether this story is going to make the air or not it's not a bad story so so I stayed at his place one time and it was so cool man visited his, his drawing space showed me around he's got, got the closet full of like comp- copies of all of his issues and shit and we start bullshitting late, super late. And then he's just like, all right, I'm going to go to bed. Like, you know, you can go crash out on the couch or whatever. Shows me, like, the room and all that. And then I get there. And, and um, there's no, like, pillow or, like, blankets <laughs> or anything like that. And you know how, like, it just gets colder the mm-hmm. later it is. And, then, like, when you go to sleep, your body temperature yep, yep. kind of comes down or something. <laughs> and I started getting real cold. And I noticed that, like, there was, like, a dog bed with, like, pillow and stuff. And I took the pillow and this hairy dog blanket (laughs) and, uh, and I just used that stuff and curled up and tried to, like, keep warm. And I could smell the dog breath, like, all night, like, while I was, uh, sleeping. And then morning comes man's breakfast time and his wife, uh, sees me in that room and she's like, Peter, you didn't get this boy, his pillows and blanket. And then she opened this little cupboard and there were so many pillows and so many fluffy, beautiful blankets. And she was like, you must stay here again. We will treat you right. Like, I can't believe he didn't give you this, this pillow and blanket. So anyhow, we're gonna come back in. I don't know if that story made the air. Like, do you th- what do you think? <laughs> I about think that's okay. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I think I think so too. But I just wanted. I feel to like that's it.
1: a uh, that's a dude story. Like, it's a dude story. That's what happens. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he just assumed like you'll be fine and all that stuff. And and I was fine, but it it was fine. And it did make me think of like hate comics and and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it comes natural.
0: <laughs> I was kind of laughing to myself like like that night.
1: Um... It's great, his neighbor on the roof, he's pointing out like uh, sometimes he'll bring a girl up there and uh, and they'll be going at it right out in the open. <laughs> it's, it's, that's such like a college kid kind of like comment type of thing. Porking away. You know what's funny is I feel like there's a Gabrielle Bell comic that has that. Uh, g- the same kind of story where they're like all on a rooftop, but it's in Brooklyn or whatever. You right. know, it's a different generation, but it's the same thing like,
0: oh yeah, over there in that <laughs> that window, they never close the blinds or whatever. <laughs> Buddy Bradley and every character in a Peter Bagg comic is never, ever, ever static. Always moving, always doing some things, always interacting with the environment. Great lessons to take away for your own practice, man. Great example here. There is not one second. He's not sitting there doing yes. nothing. Ever.
1: It, it, it is a, good, a very good thing to point out. Because that, that that's a talking head spread. It's a talking head spread. It could have been spread. terrible.
0: Yeah. And his characters are always doing some stuff. And it all feels believable. It all feels good.
1: Man, it's such a good sequence, like, showing, like, the history of where he's lived. Yeah. And it's this is a fun story, too, because it feels like you just start and you start drawing. Like, you know, you start... Conversing and explaining this and walking through because it does take some turns and changes and stuff, but at the same time, like it's so natural to be like, "Hey, I'm living in this new pad. Come check it out." I used to live with this one group and catching you up. Yeah, it it lends itself perfectly, and it does uh, capture that certain age. It's neat to read this too for 1990 because I would have come into this stuff mid to late 90s. Yes. Also, age wise, I would have you know like this would start to make sense to me, and I'm probably this age in 2000 early 2000s. So, like, revisiting this is so interesting from that perspective of, like, I kind of remember, you know, like, like the territory they cover makes sense to me in my life. Yeah. But also, it's a little bit ahead of when I lived it. Right. And I like that part. Like, it's, it's a really interesting read for that reason. You know, if you're aware of the 90s... It's kind of neat to to kind of to see where what's going on here,
0: and it's and it's Seattle starting to pop off and stuff too, man. Yeah, they're ahead of the
1: curve too. Like where I grew up is like you know 1994, southwestern PA might be like 1990 Seattle here.
0: Right, but I'm saying even Seattle is becoming hip now, like and it's getting that diaspora or, or like people are coming in, and it's not it's no longer you know it's it's equaling out balancing out the the lumberjack guys and shit like that this is the panel right here man where it's as relevant today as it, as it ever was man where you get the little hipsters giving buddy bradley shit for reading a robert crumb comic how little things have changed huh it is true very funny
1: man that house panel next to it's almost a chris warehouse it is
0: right like he's he'll, he'll use those straight edges man the lettering style so uniquely peter bagg he has his whole own language yes. Of, of comic book making, and that's that's unmistakable for anybody else.
1: This music factory thing, there's a uh, decoded podcast episode that's just about that. Because there's like a Nirvana version of the Muzak, and it's the thing blew up at one point, you know, where it would be like in every elevator and department store and all this stuff. Uh, kind of an interesting, weird thing, and it's amazing that, that he was working there. Like there's there's a lot of history around that. Right, it's kind of cool that he was uh, part you know brushed up against that.
0: He's got those he's got those like uh, Ralph crandon like goals and stuff. Just like every pothead friend of yours who sleeps on your couch and stuff. Like like uh, then I'll do this, I'll do that. My goal is for this. Uh, we'll see, we'll see. And it's just it's just this natural cadence. Like there's a there's like iambic pentameter to the to the flow of the speech or something. Man, it's just very conversational but it also is pushing a narrative forward also you know it's it's the best of comic book dialogue as far as i'm concerned it's really good too because it sets up foreshadowing
1: for stinky yeah you know so like we're hearing about stinky as that guy and and man we have friends like that yeah like everybody has friends like that that's the observational part that i think works so well uh, but we don't see Stinky yet. It's an introduction of this idea, and then we're moving on. Let's meet another
0: roommate. Yeah, George Hamilton. Isn't George Hamilton uh, that one actor guy with the little uh, Cocoa Puff right there? He was, a, he so, was yeah, in that yeah. Zorro movie.
1: <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Uh, a little different George Hamilton here that he's rooming with. Yes, yeah,
0: sir. It looks like he has a
1: drafting board, though. I thought that, too.
0: I was trying to figure out, like, are they, like, is that two guys' bedrooms, and that's where Pete draws? Pete, Pete Bagg is... Uh, you know he's up there in Seattle with Fantagraphics. Everybody he knows, man, has freaking uh, drafting tables at the crib. And then here's here's George Hamilton's weird zine. See, this is the era of the of the early '90s zine, man. Like I love like it. Xeroxes are all over so the place. To me.
1: Yeah,
0: the, the alternative trading. media is just self-publish it. I was so like going down to Ides, man. I would go through that zine library all the time and just pick up the weirdest stuff, man. I still have some of that crap. And here we go. You got your page turn, enter Stinky. <laughs> Barge.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a really good setup for Stinky, uh, his character. Like we've heard about him, there's a sense of dread about him showing up
0: and now we get to see it. And we see that that roommate interaction that makes you so happy that you no longer live with roommates.
1: Yeah, the beginning of this strip, like, you know, you, you see it first and he's just telling you about this new place he lives, not realizing it's packed with roommates. Yeah. And dudes. No fun. Boy, that stinky
0: drawing. Love that. And the back and forth, it really is like. Uh, it captures that time period so well, man. It, it is like. Pete's going to be mad, but like. There's like Kevin Smith clerks kind of back and forth of like. Uh, sure. Of just. Uh, what I call slack, the Slacker Generation, right? Like, exactly. uh, what, 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 what was that movie Slacker? Yeah, yeah, Richard Linklater. Linklater, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just that vibe of like, ni- like '90s young adult. This kind of shit, like, oh, my latest jizz jar, like, that was so common. Of like, dudes trying to be cool in front of each other. Stinky
1: says, "You're her jizz jar." Yeah, 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 you're so <laughs> pussy whipped. Like,
0: like that's uh. How many times did you hear that back in the day, man? And it's so funny because Stinky
1: then is like, that's fine with me. I'm not even going to ask you to be in my movie. And it flips the script. What, what, what? <laughs> what movie? <laughs> By the way, the movie that he's planning to make, just, just a porn. Just straight porn. It's like <laughs> you and your girlfriend can be in it.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, there is nudity. We have to sell the thing. <laughs> And then, like, it starts it starts at a high place, and they're talking about funders, and then it's like, oh, we'll just use a camcorder. Uh, everybody's using video now, man. It's like, you know, cutting edge. You think about stuff like Harmony Corinne's Trash Humpers or something. Right. You know? Ahead of the curve. Way maybe. ahead of his
1: time, yeah.
0: <laughs> you flip it again, man, and, uh, and I keep calling him Pete, but Buddy Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> I do the same thing. Rereading this
1: this week, I, I, like, several times I had to remind myself. The drawing table in, in uh George's room.
0: This this isn't actually Pete Pete Bag here. It's but you know? Well I did meet the guy who who's based on stinky when I was out there last Wow. How's
1: yeah. that measure
0: up? Super cool actually. Like like he's no he's not stinky that anymore. Makes sense. And you know what, Every, everybody who said said, Oh, that's based on stinky, but he's not like that anymore. Like everybody sort of like said that.
1: That's hilarious. Love this bit of cartooning too, whenever he's just had enough.
0: So good at it, man. So good at it, and then uh, you know, so so Buddy Bradley pups him up and is talking about like all the success Stinky's gonna have, and sends him off, man. With stars in his eyes. Do you think of D. Snyder whenever you see Stinky? Now that you say it, now that you say it, why not, man? Can we talk about Prisoners of Hate Island? Love this. <laughs>
1: this is so good.
0: You know the function of the island part. You know it could be metaphorical or whatever, but this, the flow of the conversation and everything, you can just imagine it's there at the Fanta house. Absolutely. And he could have drawn the Fanta house, but why not just draw a uh, desert island? Make it a little more visual.
1: Dreaming of of, uh, that Hawaii uh, (laughs) Comic-Con.
0: Right. (laughs) Oh, and and then, uh, like, let us not forget the comics that are here, Black Kiss, Vortex, Secret Wars, Leather and Lace frickin' Air Cell comic, is making an appearance there, dude? All real comics. Yeah, Dark Knight, and then I guess Mad Dog. Mad Dog. Is that the Marvel?
1: Yeah, the uh, Evan Dorkin
0: vehicle. <laughs> Bob, Bob Newhart and Evan Dorkin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> His self caricature is fantastic. It uh, makes me think about the contribution that guys like Harvey Pekar brought to the table when it came to the Autobio, where you have to you have to throw yourself under the bus to get people on your side. So that is not a flattering you self caricature. You know what's caricature. incredible to
1: me is I feel like the Groth is good. It looks like him. It's, it does and also not at all. Like it's so abstract as a caricature, like to be able to capture a likeness could, in that is amazing. Yeah, you could see the bits, man. You could yeah, see the bits that he takes. Something in there. It's really rich. <laughs> With the Jughead hat.
0: <laughs> and what are all their nicknames? The King of Eye. <laughs> So the 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 story is about like Pete is trying to figure out like I don't even know what my next comic is gonna be, Uh, I I need to I need to I need to have some success or whatever. Do you guys have any guidance whatsoever? And they're like, what are you talking about guidance, man? Like we have nothing to tell you.
1: Man, I think about I was thinking about that reading this. How like there's a bunch of cartoonists
0: who have done some great work that don't really work with editors. Like yeah. there's no editorial like input really. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, and and he, we could say that maybe some of the best stuff com- comes out of that situation. Like most of our f- our favorite guys from that independent scene, like the the editors are gonna check your spelling. Like like, Eric and those guys, they'll make sure that you don't spell words fucked up.
1: Rules, churning out genre crap is the only rule we refuse to follow. And then he's reading critters.
0: <laughs> he is oh yeah this this is this is the this is the argument uh that it was kim thompson who was the the spearhead of critters because i always like fuck with gary and be like yes. yeah but you publish critters man so oh that was a kim book that was a kim <laughs> book and then he's reading fish and chicken funny animal reading position he's laying on the stomach reading it <laughs> yusaki yojimbo all Fantographics books man fish and chicken
1: he's a company man all fanographics books in there. I this dro- panel is great. I love like the, the the comics in the panel and his cartoon face. <laughs> Why would
0: anyone want to look at this garbage? <laughs> I swear to God, like, don't. Do you have those moments where like you 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 live in it, you're feeling good about your stuff, and then you look at it, or right before you have to send it to the editor and hit, hit that print button and make books happen, that little bit of second guessing where it's like, who the fuck would ever yep. in a million years want to look at this thing? But you do it anyway.
1: Yeah, it's comforting, I think, to to acknowledge that. Um, man, this one looks really out of the cartoon magazine. Like, I think he's leaning into that cartoon, real big daddy Roth. cartoons magazine part. But it's good to hear everybody say it.
0: Yeah, it is because
1: I have that. You have that, especially P- guys has at it. that high level. Yeah,
0: you know, guys who are operating at that super high level, man. Uh, I think he captures the character of Ge- of Gary Superwell. I don't, I don't, I, I've never really known Kim, but right. but the things that are inferred about Kim Thompson, I feel like it. It's it's so it's believable
1: because I I also never never uh, you know I didn't know Kim Thompson but something about this feels right you know I certainly have read a lot of his writing and stuff it just works like th- that's the mark of the good cartoonist good caricaturist
0: <laughs> whether it's true or not it feels real and then uh, the the next real piece man is we have to get out of the eighties and into the nineties man and Gary Groth has figured out a way to do just <laughs> that in a ceremonial kind of fashion. Uh, this is autobio at this point. Everything except the desert island. I think it might be on uh, our shoot interview. Ah, I should have maybe listened. with, Because like we definitely had the conversation with Gary about blowing up toilets at New Year's festivals. And it might have been 89 to 90. I've had a disproportionate amount of conversations about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said that like what they did was... <laughs> if I remember correctly, it might be on the shoot interview. But they loaded it up with like quarter sticks of dynamite or something and they flipped the, they flip the toilet upside down they close it off and when uh, the explosion happened there was no toilet anymore and everybody is just running around <laughs> as you hear ting 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 right. on, on the neighborhood roofs for like a minute just little bits of porcelain raining down on the neighborhood for a while hilarious by the way look at
1: that for uh cartoony stuff oh, like yeah. his eyes are almost off the panel and there's just a little tiny bit of gritted teeth yeah that's a bold choice for cartooning
0: it is and he'll and he'll just like he'll just go into that place sometimes and then he'll like bring it back as much as he can but then you know just push it back again there's just there's no rules that's the cool thing about like when we interviewed um sergio Aragones, and he's like draw five sausages on the hand it does it's humor like, you see that employee Totally.
1: <laughs> That's funny, full page explosion. And then, I love this. The trajectory? Well, that they're having a conversation as they're being <laughs> like propelled through, the whole way, right? The whole cycle of them being through the air, going up, coming down. So, uh, it's, it's so
0: good. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And, and what it's a page. Like, and it's like, we've seen this version of stuff, but like, we've never seen this done. You know, it feels animated.
1: Which, again, goes back to, like, how isn't this a... How haven't we seen it animated?
0: The conversation is finished, and it ends. The coup de grace is Uncle Gary in his Jughead hat. Hey, you guys, was that a great explosion or what? (laughs) Wow. Look for the premiere issue of Hey, Buddy at a plumbing supply store near you. Jimmy, I got so many of my first comics in uh, three-for-one bags in... Keystone Plumbing, in Homestead. No, Fantag- actually, I did. I got a Fantagraphics book. My very first Fantagraphics book. I got out of uh, Keystone Plumbing, and it was Anything Goes with the Ninja Turtles on the cover. Hmm. In that grab bag. Yeah. Down it at the hardware store.
1: One of the least Fantagraphics-esque kind of uh, kind of characters. Hey, check this out. We have different printings. You might have the first.
0: Yeah, I do. Yeah, you got the first printing. Nice, man.
1: It's fun because it has, it plugs like different fanographics books over here. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and, and it's, the the copy's, I think, clearly written by Peter Bagg, or it's supposed to be. You know, like he refers to this stuff from first-person point of view of look, like plugging these different books. Look at
0: this fucking catalog of books, dude. Mm-hmm. Joe Sacco, Basil Wolverton, Jim Woodring, Kim Deitch, Robert Crumb, Dan Klaus, Los Bros Hernandez. Be pretty proud to be part of that label. What a fucking catalog of cartoonists. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Fun one to look at. A great cartoonist. One of the best, man. And this guy has so many skills that are just invisible. But the end result is you have a very singular creator who... Makes impeccable comic after impeccable comic, perfect comics in my opinion. Yeah, one of the best. Good to go. I am. All right, man. K. Faber's like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell to we'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design, man. Join me on
1: Patreon.com/slash JimRug, where I'm going to start sharing my process of how I made this book. As Ed said, forty years worth of Hulk comics distilled down into two oversized issues. Uh, man, I'm so excited for this thing to be public. And by the way, March 2022 is the 60th anniversary of Hulk. So whenever you guys are telling your local comic shops about Hulk grand design, remind them of that little tidbit.
0: We like nickel and dime anniversaries, man. Red Room, the anti-social network in stores now. Red Room trigger warnings issue one coming out in February. Get that put on your pull list, go to your comic shop, reserve a copy, pre-order it from the Fantagraphics website. It's gonna be a scarce number one because we got cut off from that ransomware attack over at the distributor's office, man. Uh, you can do that in my link tree in the description below this video. You can read the comics ahead of time on my Patreon. Same uh, deal at the links in the link tree in the description below. What else do we have out there, Jim? Subscribe to the Cartoonist KFABE e newsletter at the links below this video.
1: You can also find Cartoonist KFABE t shirts and merch at the links below this video.
0: Give those marching orders. We're going to
1: be on our way. Read more comics.